0: Hey, humans, what's good? We're Chris Funder here with Alex Hurry williams Alex, how are you this week?
1: I'm doing fantastic, man. Um, Quickly off the top, I'll just say that uh, I sort of left a few links on our podcast Twitter page, but I'm doing a 100K challenge for Oxfam raising money for poverty. Um, Just trying to do 100Ks before the end of November. Uh, I signed up to it too early, so it looks like I'm going to get the 100Ks done before November even starts, but I'm just going to keep going until the end of November. So uh, any of our listeners out there, feel free to go to my Instagram, at Alex or to my Twitter page or our Twitter page, at WrestleOzStyle, and you'll be able to find a link somewhere for it if you want to... Yeah. Chuck a couple of bucks towards uh towards Oxfam, which are doing some amazing things for poverty, so there's my quick plug out of the way anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose speaking about quick plugs, here, right here on Wrestling Hostile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, That's my yeah. um canned SmackDown pop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry about the delays again. I've been busy not only with work but behind the scenes stuff
1: yeah we've got a lot going on a lot coming coming down the pipeline as they say
0: yeah so now we're available on facebook twitter and instagram
1: yeah i i've sort of uh done our first initial post on instagram but i'm gonna chuck a few more things up later on in the week and um yeah, just heaps of random wrestling stuff. A few plugs here and there, I guess. <laughs> and you can also
0: look, uh, listen to the podcast if you like on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube coming soon.
1: Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Been a busy boy. Yeah, definitely. Um uh, w- we might, we might have to start um, doing video podcasts for our YouTube. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe occasionally.
1: Very rarely. I don't think too many people could handle staring at my face for an hour and a half. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah, and as you said, um, share those links on the Facebook, the Twitter, the um, Instagram. Go give Alex. Couple of bucks, he's doing a lot of great fundraising there for Oxfam. With that being said, do you want to move across to the wrap itself?
1: Yeah, man. Um, like I said, I've been doing a lot lot of walking this past week, and there's no healthier snack than a cheeky salad wrap, so let's get into it. Oh boy. That was bad. That <laughs> was
0: bad as my impact <laughs> segways.
1: Yeah. Uh I'll never let you live down. Speaking of Killer Queen, Cowboy James Storm.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that went live.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh we're live, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Yeah, so Speaking of the rap, I suppose the first thing, speaking on an Aussie front, there was a couple of shows last weekend. Um, did you happen to watch PWA? Uh, Wristlocks and Pile Drivers. Yeah, did you happen to catch the PWA Wristlocks and Pile Drivers show?
1: Yeah, I did watch that. Um, good fun show. Um, I honestly just loved the little play on words for the. Uh, modern rap song that's the hit at the moment, uh WAP or whatever it's called. Yeah, I love the little play on words for wrist locks and pile drivers.
0: Oh, yeah, I suppose. I didn't even think of that.
1: Yeah, the hashtag all night was PWA WAP. So oh. so I, I think uh that's what they were playing off of. You know they like to do little puns for their event names.
0: Yeah, I haven't caught that one yet, but um, would you recommend our listeners who aren't on the uh, PWA service or who are, who haven't checked it out yet, would you recommend going and checking this one
1: out? Uh, definitely, definitely. There's a main event that's a lot of fun. There's a couple of tag matches in there, in particular, something featuring Matty Wahlberg, which is fantastic. Um, there's some... Great stuff all around. There's a really good angle as well. I'm not going to say too much, but yeah, there's some really good stuff going on at PWA at the moment.
0: Yeah, I notice. Especially your dog seems to enjoy PWA.
1: Yeah, so my dog Kiedis, Uh Obviously, I picked a name that wouldn't regular wouldn't regularly get spoken. Too often, unless you're actually referring to my dog. So, unless you're standing near me telling me the autobiography of the lead singer of the Chili Peppers, it's not often people say the word Ketis. So, every time my dog hears it, he thinks it's about him. So, I'll watch PWA (laughs) and there's a wrestler called Will Ketis, and every Every time he hits a move, the commentators are going, to this, to that. It got to the point where I was sitting outside <laughs> on the table watching it PWA on my iPad, yeah. and my dog just, like, uncontrollably just had to jump up on the table and sit next to the iPad trying to figure out where his name was coming from. Yeah. And, um... Big. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very confused, and I ended up tweeting it out to Will Kadis, and Will Kadis said that he had a bowler name, um, who is it, Andrew Rose, the PWA commentator, said that the next time Will Kadis wrestles, he's going to try to squeeze in, Kadis is a good boy in the middle of the match, <laughs> if, if, oh, if, he, if he gets that in there, I'll be very impressed.
0: Yeah, that'll that'll definitely be a YouTube clip for uh, a video clip for Instagram.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Katus
0: watching Katus.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I'll have to I'll have to put that um photo I I've shown you. Uh, I'll have to put that on our Instagram. It's
0: on our uh, Twitter at the moment, isn't it?
1: It sure is. Yeah, yeah. I will have to chuck it on the Insta and get all the trendy hashtags and the hashtag linkin bios and all the beautiful social media influencer tricks onto it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, second show that happened the past weekend was right. City wrestling's red dawn. Did you happen to catch that one yet? It's out on their YouTube now.
1: I have not seen it yet. Um, pretty much planning to watch it. Roughly as soon as we're finished, we're, where uh, as soon as we're finished recording, that's when I plan on watching it.
0: Yeah, that's probably the first one I'm gonna chuck on tonight when I get home from work. Yeah, yeah. Out of the the two shows I could have watched this uh, past week from Australia, that was probably the one I was most excited for, and I can't watch it live. So, RCW have definitely done something right this year.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I suppose the first show that happened this weekend, Tasmanian Championship Wrestling, have you seen anything online from them this past week?
1: Uh, no, I have not.
0: Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, On a scale of 1 to 10, how interested would you be in watching that for, say, around $5 per event?
1: I'd honestly have to see the card. Okay. Um, yeah, it would have to be on a card per per card sort of basis, sort of thing for me, um, especially with my lack of familiar familiarity with the product.
0: Yeah. Um, so I suppose one thing I've been doing a lot this past week has been watching Australian wrestlers on Twitch.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, who you been watching?
0: Uh, a lot of Jake over a lot of Lucille brawl.
1: Nice, nice. Um, you've recently received a little gift package. I've heard.
0: Oh, yeah. I was subscribed to Lucille on our uh, Patreon and got a little thank you card in the mail. So that was quite nice.
1: Uh put that next to your John Pollock and waiting postcard, or? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got all my major wrestling figure podcast stuff right next to my John and Way postcard.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um, I suppose the last thing on the Aussie wrestling front that sort of I saw get a lot of traction online, uh, what has JXT done to his hair?
1: Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I, I pretty much... Uh, I commented on his Instagram and was like, "What the hell are you doing, man? Now my eight by tens are out of date. I'm gonna need a new eight by eight by Dot dot dot. Ah, I see your trick. You you hustling me, aren't you? And he goes, "Oh no, we're not ready. Eight by tens yet. The transformation isn't fully complete. So, I think he's good." There's a little bit more to it. There might be a bit more of a... Perhaps a gimmick change down the line.
0: No, oh, Fair enough. Because uh, I remember when... It, go on. Because I remember when Juice lo- turned up in New Japan without his dreads all of a sudden. JXT said on Twitter, yeah, I'm not just randomly losing my dreads unless it's in a hair match.
1: Yeah, I took... I. T- I- made him say that on Twitter. I was the one that, like, tweeted at him saying, like, Juice just showed up in New Japan without his dreads. Please tell me if you cut yours off, you're going to at least do it in a match. And he's like, yeah, 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 but nope. Nope. (laughs) To be fair, what match could he have at the moment? Um, And from my understanding, it it was quite tough for him to get Dread maintenance at the moment with all the hairdressers being shut. So he might have just been forced into doing this. But I'm really glad you brought this up because this is very major news this week. This is- <laughs> <laughs> it's the most important bit of wrestling news all year.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, next little thing I want to touch on, <laughs> sort of still. Aussie wrestling related, was the um, Wrestling Observer Newsletter has released their Hall of Fame nominee ballots for this year's uh, Hall of Fame inductees. I sent you a list of sort of the wrestlers from Europe, Australia, New Zealand, Pacific Islands, and Africa category, and there was sort of a couple of Aussies in there. Was there any standouts for you on that list?
1: Uh, Mario Milano, 100% him. Uh, Killer Carl Cox is a big one. Uh, yeah, from his
0: time in uh, WCW Australia in the 60s and 70s, a lot of these guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, like um, Killer Carl Cox was the big baddie, and Mario Milano was the conquering hero at times. So they sort of go hand in hand. Um, uh, my recollection, there was Big Daddy on the list from England. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think that's uh, another big one. Um, like he was pretty much just British Hulk Hogan in the 70s and 80s during that world of sport era. So,
0: another name that I sort of noticed on here from the WCW Australia days was Dominic Danucci, who we've actually had a discussion about before when we did the WCW Volume One with Jacko.
1: Yeah, like that's a very influential influential man. Like, like in ring career aside, like the fact that he just that he trained Shane Douglas and Mick Foley means that, like secondhand, he influenced like hundreds upon thousands of wrestlers over the years just from those two guys alone. And then, like, yeah, add on top of that, like, his super successful wrestling career.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the last one I sort of noticed tying to Australia was the Golden Greek Spiros Arion.
1: Yeah, um, I- I'm not that familiar with him, but, like, I've seen a couple of matches from him, and honestly, like... Every time I've seen one of his matches from that era, he's one of the standouts. He's got a better, he's got a more like flashier look than everyone. Like, I don't know, I like his look a lot better than most other guys in that era, which is just, you know, trunks and boots.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree as well. Um, So was there anyone else on the other ballads that you want to quickly touch on before we move into the review section of the show?
1: Uh, not in particular um, I don't have a list in front of me and I wasn't quite sure we were going to talk about this so I didn't really prepare um, is this the year that Kevin Nash is eligible I'm pretty sure that was a thing that I read yeah um,
0: Kevin Nash is on the ballot this year
1: yeah um, I know he's not going to get inducted but I could make a very strong argument as to why he should be Um, pretty much um, if it wasn't for Kevin Nash, wrestlers wouldn't be getting the sort of paydays they get. Like him forcing Eric Bischoff to give him guaranteed, that guaranteed contract sort of changed the way wrestlers were paid. Kevin Nash, like jumping to WCW and forcing Eric Bischoff to give like him and Scott Hall, the guaranteed contracts sort of changed the way wrestlers were paid. It was more like event-to-event sort of paydays, and now it's like, well, you're going to get at least this much per year, and then what you make from each event on top of that. Um, So, yeah, Kevin Nash, not the greatest technician in the world, but I would say, like, had a massive impact on the wrestling business, and I think he should be straight into that Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. But considering, like, isn't Sting not even in it yet? Or it took a long time to put Sting in there? Like, I don't know. I think the Observer Hall of Fame's somewhat questionable.
0: Yeah, I'm not, not too sure on the uh, Sting there.
1: Um, yeah, and then, like, you got John Pollock on. I love John Pollock, but he always talks about how he doesn't think Sting was a Sting is worthy of the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> he had like one of the biggest, like, 18 months in wrestling history, and he didn't even have to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> like, start... he was a massive draw without even having a match.
0: <laughs> um, so, some of the Japanese wrestlers you might know Jun Akiyama. Chima, the team of Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tanzan.
1: yeah
0: Yoshi Aki Fujiwara. Oh, my heart. My heart just,
1: my heart just uh, jumped a little bit because I thought you were about to say Yoshihashi. <laughs> I was like, no. God, no.
0: So, yeah, Fujiwara, Hayabusa, Kodorabushi. Okay. Kyoto Inoue.
1: Yep.
0: Tomohiro Ishii. Tatsuya huh. Naito. Kenny Omega. Mako Satamura And Akira Tauei.
1: See, th- that's the issue I have with the Observer Hall of Fame. Like, you're putting guys that, like, haven't even had their prime run yet in on the ballot
0: bushy. yeah Edgar.
1: yeah like Daniel Bryan's in the Observer Hall of Fame and he was like put in there like before he had to relinquish the title after Wrestlemania 30 like before the Wrestlemania 30 main event he was in there like oh, wow. like John Cena was in there in like 2010 or something like, uh, like I, I'm just roughly guessing off the top of my head, but, like, those guys are in there. I'm positive.
0: I know Cena is. Um, Brian, I know, is. I'd have to check on the date of when he got inducted, whether it was after his retirement or before his retirement.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, Tanahashi's already in it. Um,
0: Okada, uh, Suzuki.
1: They're both in it already. Yeah. Like Okada's already in it. That's just ridiculous to me. Like, like Okada's probably got another ten years at a high level, like ahead of him. Like, uh, I, I just don't get it. I, I think you shouldn't have people eligible until, like, they've at least gone a year without wrestling. Yeah, that's why I was thinking. Um, that was when um, um, Brian went in. Yeah, but, in but you got guys like like right now getting chucked on the ballot that haven't even hit their peak run. Like uh, Kota Ibushi, I think hasn't even hasn't even hit his peak yet in New Japan, and he's <laughs> on the ballot. It's just really weird to me, and like pretty sure Nakamura is eligible or is already in. Like. I don't know, I find it really weird. And you know, the person he who shall not be named from the WWE, like, he was in there in like 04, 05 or something. And then they they even named an award after him and then they had to rename the award. But <laughs> But yeah, like I think you just shouldn't put people in until they're retired for at least a year.
0: Yeah. So Tanahashi went in in two thousand thirteen, Nakamura two thousand fifteen, Daniel Bryan two thousand sixteen, Sting two
1: thousand sixteen. Okay, they finally put Sting in. Cool. (laughs) Good.
0: AJ Styles two thousand seventeen, Suzuki two thousand seventeen. Um. Eugene Nagata 2018, Ultimo Guerrero 2019 and Gato, 2019.
1: Yeah, you know, well, Gato deserves to be there for his booking alone. Yeah. Like he completely turned a downward traje- trajectory of New Japan. He turned that all upside down for him. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I I don't know, like 2013 for Tanahashi, yeah, he had a really good run-up to that point. But, like, could be wrong, but that, that's, like, before or around the same time as the Okada feud. Like, like he hasn't even hit his peak yet. <laughs> yeah. At that point. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think he should be inducting people too early like, as as much as I love, like, Shawn Michaels and Edge, I still think, like, them getting put into the Hall of Fame, the WrestleMania after they retired, I still thought that was a little bit too early.
0: Yeah, well, Cena went in in 2012, it says here.
1: Yeah, like, I would say <laughs> that's before Cena's best, like, in-ring work. <laughs> like,
0: Angle in it, 2004. <laughs>
1: Like, come on! <laughs> he That's hasn't even life. crossed the line yet.
0: How about these two men have gone another 10 years, respectively? Ray Mysterio Jr. and Chris Jericho.
1: What, what year they go in? 2010? Yeah. <gasps> like, oh, you know what? Like, at that point, those guys had pretty much like i remember in 2010 thinking oh yeah ray's about to retire soon it seems like he's about to wind down so maybe at that point they might have thought the same thing but (laughs) yeah who would have thought we got 10 more years out of ray and those knees
0: (laughs) how about a man who only retired at the start of the year and his fellow countryman who's still wrestling in 1999, Jushin Funder Liger and Keiji Muto.
1: Yeah, just insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that- um, Muto's like a little bit more understandable, but like, Liger, come on.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. So, yeah, that sort of compl- concludes our thoughts on the Hall of Fame nominees.
1: Yeah, I, I think the Observer Hall of Fame is just a bit of a shambles for my liking. Um, I buy no... Hot take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a bit of a hot take, but I, I just think... Don't put people in if they're still active. And I don't, I don't really like it if when WWE does it, they've only done it a couple of times, I think. But, um... The only time that actually made sense from the WWE was Ric Flair because it was blatantly obvious he was about to retire.
0: But so we fought and then he came to Australia.
1: I I'm still I'm still furious
0: I didn't go to that. And then he went to TNA.
1: Yeah, and he was drinking lemon ruskies with Fortune. Remember that thing they used to do? Like uh, that oh no, it wasn't lemon ruskies. <laughs> it was Smirnoff ices, and like they used to do like interviews on YouTube with Fortune, and whenever you said the word ice, you had to grab a Smirnoff ice and skull it, and like there was just a heap of videos of just like Ric Flair skulling all these Smirnoffs with like James Storm and Bobby Roode and AJ Styles.
0: Yeah, that Killer Queen James Storm. <laughs>
1: oh man uh well
0: um yeah like i like the observer hall of fame because it is sort of uh, voted on by the wrestling journalists and um historians so it does have a lot of credibility there where the wwe doesn't
1: yeah Uh, um there's actually a criteria which is good
0: yeah, like you said, my lone criticism is inducting people who are still on the roster, and there's examples there of guys going another 21 years. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's that sort of concludes our Hall of Fame thoughts. Um, yeah,
1: quick, quickly. Uh, so it doesn't sound like I'm completely negative on the Observer Hall of Fame. I think they do a tremendous job of... Um, sharing some of the glory around with some of the non-American wrestlers like putting spotlights on Europe and Australia and Japan and all that sort of stuff I think they do that a lot better than the WWE obviously does
0: yeah absolutely like you look at the the WWE and like uh Bruce Brody's widow, like how they did the dark side of the ring last year. And she said she didn't even know until it went to air that he was getting inducted that year. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've rambled on long enough there. Let's move on to the rap portion itself.
1: Definitely. Um,
0: do you have anything off the menu to talk about this week?
1: Um, yeah. Well, for the first time in history, for us Australians, Spring Break fell on spring, <laughs> so whilst it made us, it makes absolutely no sense for Joey Janella's Spring Break to be held in October and in America, it made a lot of sense for us down here. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I watched Spring Break. It was fantastic. Um, there's a couple of stinking points. Um, my God. My God, the Cluster F.
0: Is it worth just checking out for the So Bad It's Good
1: value? There's some, def- there's some definite highlights in it, that's for sure. Um, it just goes on for like, I swear to God, it went for like an hour and 40 minutes, the Cluster F itself. The entire spring break show was, like, well over four hours from memory. Four hours? What the... Yeah. Um, what? It was, it was long. Was like, it
0: in the same building as um. Everything Bloodsport? else, yeah. yeah. Okay, because I've only seen Bloodsport thus far from the collective...
1: Yeah, uh, everything's lit exactly the same because of COVID-19. They can't have dark rooms where people can't see each other and can't socially distance and all that sort of stuff, which I felt like, uh, I think we're going to talk about it later, but I think it actually took away a little bit from Bloodsport how well lit it was. I think you could have used some RCW lighting for Bloodsport
0: oh boy <laughs> um, yeah. yeah but i agree there it sort of took away a lot from the the look at the blood sport event um yeah so yeah, um, other than the other than the cluster any standout sort of matches on the card or was it just a long dragging mess
1: well first of all um calvin tankman in the cluster f was phenomenal he was just insanely good um JTG in the cluster F was fantastic. Um he's now known as JTG in brackets J the God. Um yeah, so that's cool. Um so please everyone go back watch um Leo Rush versus I believe it was ACH. Um It was just a crazy spot fest. So much fun from spring break. Um, And Leo Rush just so emotional after the match because ACH was like one of his mentors and a hero to him and all that sort of good stuff. Um, Also, obviously, everyone, please check out Joey Janela versus Ricky Morton. Yeah. (laughs) We got to see Ricky Morton do a Joey Janela death match. It was insane. <laughs> oh
0: God! Um,
1: yeah, it I think
0: was... I'll have to go check that out now.
1: Yeah, it was a really good match. Um, just so good. I loved it. Um,
0: yeah. Anything else to add on? There? Did you watch anything else from the Collective?
1: That, that, uh, that I'm. Ha- that's I'm far? current. <laughs> oh. I'm currently halfway through watching for the culture from the collective. Um, there's a real, there's another standout match from there that I really enjoyed. And it was once again, JTG versus Trey Miguel from the rascals. Oh, yep. From impact. Uh, yeah, very good. um, Calvin Tankman just, like, came in and, like, just beat the holy you-know-what out of someone, which was awesome. Uh, For the Culture is really worth checking out. Um, Yeah, it's very... Just, like, yeah, just a really good spotlight on the African-American and Hispanic wrestlers. And, yeah, just a fantastic show so far. I haven't finished it just yet.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um that was definitely one that received a lot of um buzz online. I think is it Effie's Big Gay Brunch also part of the collective?
1: Yeah, that's um next on the list after for the culture for me. I um, saw
0: I saw a lot of buzz for for that one on Twitter by a lot of the um wrestling fans I follow online, some of who are uh part of that community.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I think um, Effie is such an incredible talent. Uh, I really hope he gets a big contract somewhere sometime soon. Um, That whole event is such a great idea. I've seen lots of GIFs of um, just uh, like some dance music playing at Big Gay Brunch and um, you just see in the crowd, Joey Janella and Sonny Kiss, just in the crowd dancing. Just dancing along, just having a good time, just being a part of the show. I loved it. Fair
0: enough. Uh, so from there, we go on to the TV events of the past week. Uh, we start off Wednesday, October 7th, 2020, for Impact Wrestling's Impact. Results were first singles match, Tommy Dreamer defeated Brian Myers via DQ. Second, a singles match. Jordan Grace defeated Rohit Raju. Third, a tag team match. The Rascals' Dez and Wentz defeated the team of Triple XL, AC Romero, and Larry D. Fourth, the tag team of Rosemary and Ty Valkyrie defeated the team of Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Fifth, the Dinas' Cody Dina and Cousin Jake defeated Crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger and in the main event for the Impact World Tag Team Championships the Motor City Machine Guns Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, the Champions defeated Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Your thoughts on Impact Alex?
1: Uh, I'm really starting to like fall in love with this Eric Young title reign. Uh, I don't know if that's a hot take or not but I think he's been so good. Like, I legitimately believe that he is off his rocker, like, just nuts. Like, he's so good at it.
0: Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree there. I loved his attack of Rich Swan in the gym. I thought it was so much better than Edge and Orton in the gym earlier this year.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The less we talk about that, the better. Um, I really like Jordan Grace heading into the X Division. I think that's a fantastic move for her, and it's, it's a really good move to... It actually bolsters their X Division, in my opinion, too.
0: Yeah, and Rohit, like saying, being such a great heel, arguing with the ref post-match, saying, it was non-title, it was non-title, announce it as non-title. So he gets out of the ring and has to go over to the ring announcer. I think it's like David Penza. So he goes, the winner of this match, Jordan Grace, however, still champion Rohit Raju. So he runs yeah. off with the title still to retain
1: it. Yeah. Um, I'm loving the, I love the <laughs> Heath contract negotiations. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was fantastic. Like the way it sort of just like within a second just went from being such a positive thing to completely falling apart. It was almost like watching an episode of The Office and like Steve Carell. UK watch. or US? US. Oh, I haven't watched uh, a UK one. The... Oh, come on, man. The US one's. Anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's not have an argument about this. Yes, the US stole the first two seasons from the UK, but then the rest, they finally did their own thing and it was actually a lot different and a lot more creative. But this whole thing, like the cringe factor of this Heath contract negotiation, it just reminded me of of like Michael Scott, like Steve Carell in The Office, just like, trying to make a big deal for his business and everything just falling apart and he keeps saying the wrong thing. Like, it was just great in that sort of cringe sort of factor sort of thing to it. I really enjoyed it. I love this Heath thing. I was a bit against it at first, but I'm now all in on it. Um, Yeah, what are your thoughts on this Heath gimmick?
0: Yeah, At least moving along, it's not just sitting there stagnant like uh, Brian Myers seems to be at the moment.
1: Ah, yeah. Yeah, that looked like it was going places, and now it's just... uh, Yeah, it's just been chucked in neutral for the minute.
0: Um, Last sort of positive thought I have here was that EC3 has been brilliant in these control-your-narrative videos.
1: Yeah, um, or shall we say EC2 Promotions?
0: Oh boy, yeah, we'll be discussing that later. I've made sure to take note this week.
1: Yeah, we were meant to talk about it last week, but we'll talk about it later on. And if we don't talk about it later, you now have audio-proof humans that we are letting you down so you can get on Twitter and annoy us about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, overall,
0: Impact still moving along great going towards bound for glory Thumbs up from me
1: oh man i'm loving impact i love it it's um oh dare i say it's my favorite weekly wrestling show at the moment
0: yeah it'd be close to it for me
1: yeah yeah um yeah like i love ring of honor as well but this, but they're, like, two completely different products. Like, I love the character work in Impact. Um, I'm loving the build-up to the Johnny Bravo Rosemary wedding as well. I love all that sort of goofy stuff. Like, give it to me. It's fantastic. Oh, it's stupid. It's goofy. I love it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of stupid and goofy, Thursday, October the 8th 2020 for WWE NXT from the US. Results were match number one, Tommaso Champa defeated Kishida by a DQ. Match number two, the team of Drake Maverick and Killian Dane defeated Everise, Chase Parker, and Matt Marnell. Match number three, Austin Fury defeated Leon Ruff. Match number four, Dexter Loomis returns to defeat Austin Fury. Match number five, Ridge Holland defeats Danny Birch. And in the... Oh, sorry. Match number six, Shotzi Blackheart. Oh. In the co-main event of the night, match number six, Tank Girl Shotzi Blackheart defeats Xia Li. And in the main event of the night, match number seven, the team of Amber Moon and Rio Ripley defeat Dakota Kai and Rose... Oh, what was it? Defeat the heartbreak kick Dakota Kai and big lady cool Raquel Gonzalez.
1: Oh, I forgot all about that. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's... Uh, you just made me pop again from my own joke. I loved it. <laughs> um,
0: oh, yeah. man. So, take it away, Alex. Do you have any positives this week?
1: Um, I'll save the Ember Moon thoughts for later because I'm reading your notes right now and, yeah, it looks like you're going to have a very similar opinion to me. Um. Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. I did not think that I would be saying this, but they might be my favourite part of NXT each week now.
0: Oh boy, that does not set the bar very high then for me.
1: (laughs) Um, I I love the whole thing of like Drake being completely oblivious that Killian hates him and Killian reluctantly sort of getting along and... Drake's chosen the the theme music for the tag team and it's just like corny pop music and Killian hates it, makes him shut the music off. Um their their tag team finisher is just Killian Dane power bombing Drake Maverick on top of their opponent <laughs> and then like leaving an unconscious Drake Maverick to pin their opponent. Like I love um... it. I- I think, it, like, as far as odd couple tag teams go, I think they're doing it fantastic.
0: Yeah, okay, we will give you that. Uh, Desta Loomis is back. We needed more Ken Anderson. <laughs> Anderson promos to hype up a return.
1: Yeah, that'll... Oh, man, bring in Chris, uh, Christy Hemi. Yeah. What yeah. are you
0: doing in my bedroom? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, everyone just Google search it. All uh, right, Sam Shaw, Christy Hemme, Ken Anderson.
0: Oh, yeah, that was incredibly creepy. That
1: storyline. <laughs> oh, man, it's like I just saw today that they've announced that Dexter is coming back for another season or two. Uh, why? I don't know. Well, the uh. The series finale of it all was pretty horrible. I don't know if you ever watched it or anything, but it was like a really bad, like unfulfilling end to a TV series. So I guess they're bringing it back to right their wrongs or whatever. But do we see Dexter Loomis getting a huge push now? Now that Dexter is back to relevance again. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think old Loomis is gonna get the big old Chovsky, as they say.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yay, Indy's gonna get more TV time. Oh. It's with the Garganos.
1: I think I think it's gonna be good. I think it's eventually gonna to lead to an Indy Candace feud, which will be very good for Indy.
0: Dude, I don't need more Gargano dinners with Candace and a cricket box on the table, and her belittling someone.
1: Yeah, um, you know what I did like though. We need more wrestlers walking dogs, so that <laughs> that was a nice thing to see. Um, <laughs> that's one of the big positives from that thing. I actually enjoyed the the segments themselves as they were. But yeah, you've sort of made me realise, oh dear, it could go completely downhill for Indy if they do it wrong. Um
0: Okay, this is um serious now. Uh holy crap. That injury to Ridge Holland was absolutely sickening to watch.
1: Yeah. Um my god. This dude was, well, as I just said about Dexter Loomis, uh, he was about to get the massive Shovsky from NXT. It looked like uh, he was going to do either something with the Undisputed Era or Finn Balor going forward. And this is just horrible timing for Ridge Holland. Um, I got a little bit of... uh, the wrong sort of psycho Sid flashbacks on this one.
0: Oh, god. Oh, oh, yeah, god damn it. Um, so yeah, for that part. reason
1: alone, for that reason alone, Ridge Holland is now one of Alex Fruity Williams's boys. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. The worst part about this was, like, it wasn't even in the match. It was when Oni did a tope suicida to Ridge on the outside and his leg buckled at his ankle and his knee.
1: It was, like, the second or third tope, too. It wasn't even, like, it was the first tope after the match. It was, like, the second or maybe even third, but I'm pretty sure it was the second. And
0: a second, like, I'm pretty sure, yeah.
1: Yeah, like they shouldn't have even done more than one to begin with. In my opinion, I get that the whole point was to know, so you could have Ridge and no sell the first dive, but like, man, it just, it could have been easily avoided. I don't think it was a necessary after the match angle to begin with. Like, are you like if Ridge Holland wasn't injured, like would you be really that excited for Oni Lorcan versus Ridge Holland? Like, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't do anything. Like, this whole post match angle was kind of unnecessary, and NXT just continues to rack up injuries. Oh, uh, yeah, wasn't there a jaw
0: injury or something?
1: Uh, Finn Balor broke his jaw in, like, two places.
0: So what happened there um, uh, to the title, did they say?
1: Um, tune in next week to find out.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, Yeah, because I've just been flat out with work and stuff, I might have left the room for that moment when it was on. Uh, Last point I want to make here before asking a question. Amber's promo, where she says, Ember's Law, what the hell was that?
1: Uh, man, did they just completely kill the mistake of Ember Moon by letting her talk on that mic. Like, that whole promo was just horrible. It was, like, like, it didn't even suit her gimmick that she's been doing. Like, I don't know. I hated it. It was horrible. Oh, she
0: ride. Go on.
1: Oh, it was just horrible. Like, here she is. She's, like, straight out of a Mad Max movie. And then she's just like, Hey, guys, Miss Joel, blah, blah, blah. Ember's Law now. Like, come on. She shouldn't Um, even be cutting too many promos at this point. And also, like, if I can be completely harsh, she's been injured for how long? She probably couldn't physically train for that long perhaps wrestlers should work on the mic when they can't physically train. And I don't know what happened, but she came back and she was horrendous on the mic, like more noticeably than ever.
0: Yeah, I feel with Ember's character, that's never been a strong point of hers, even going back to the NXT days. She was always better as sort of this um, quite silent type, uh, mysterious, mysterious sort of werewolf character.
1: Yeah, she will.
0: Yeah, but now she's a Mad Max road biker. What the hell
1: happened? Like, if some explanation would be nice? Or even if, like... I, I don't know. But, like, did you ever watch WWE backstage?
0: The show Renee was on before it got cancelled. Yeah. Uh, let me just say this. No, because the reporter on there I would not take seriously after he signed a WWE contract, and I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I will also say he was only on, like, two times because he was just that horrible in front of the television screen anyway. Um, But Ember Moon, like, had semi-regular guest spots on there, just being a panel panelist not being a panel Um, that would be weird Um, she was being a panelist a few times and she was very good on there like really well spoken and maybe it's just when she's got a script in front of her she sort of freezes up a bit and you get what you got on NXT last week like I don't know what went wrong Um, yeah because I'm backstage I find her to be quite charismatic and charming Ah, fair enough.
0: Uh, Last question for you. We're now six months on from WrestleMania. How do you feel NXT has handled Rhea Ripley in that time?
1: (sighs) Uh, (laughs) They've handled Rhea Ripley with as much care and uh, soft hands as my dogs handle a bone after a long walk. Nah, it's just been beaten up. She's just been thrown around. She's just been completely mishandled, misused. Um, I'll be perfectly honest. Ray Ripley shouldn't even be in NXT anymore. There's nothing for her to do there. And the and I guess like because of her age, they're keeping her in NXT a little bit longer because like she's only like 23 or something ridiculous. Like
0: 22, 23,
1: yeah, yeah, and like because she's so young, they might want to keep her in NXT a little bit longer so they pretty much don't burn her out with overexposure on the main roster too early in her career, like they kind of did with Paige. Um, Paige, how? Huh? <laughs> oh man, I'm yeah, it's one of my favourite gifts of all time, is the page here GIF. Um, but, yeah, I I don't think there's any need for Rhea Ripley in NXT anymore. Um, you can't makes, even
0: send her over to the UK. She's already done everything over there as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's just... She's run out of options. Um, she has to go up soon. And as much as I think they don't want to send her up because of her young age, I think they've got no other choice.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree there. Um, I suppose we can talk more about the draft as we get to each night. From there, are you ready to light the fuse?
1: Very much so. Um, I'm very keen to talk about this episode of Dynamite. Dynamite.
0: Oh, boy. So it is Dynamite, the Thursday, October the 8th, 2020 edition. Opening match for the FTW Championship. Brian Cage, the champion, defeats Will Hobbs. Second, a AEW World Tag Team Championship match with the FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwoods. the champions with Tully Blanchard in their corner, defeating the Hybrid 2, Jack Evans and Hen Helico. Third. A dog-collar match for the AEW TNT Championship. Mr. Brody Lee, the champion, with number four John Silver, number 99 Anna Jay in his corner versus Cody with Arne Anderson in his corner. Goes about 20 minutes. Both men busted open. And Cody gets the win here. So he is now the new AEW TNT champion. Fourth singles match. Big Swole defeated Serena Deeb. And in the main event, a tag team match celebrating the 30 years of Chris Jericho, the inner circle, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager with Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz in their corner, defeated Chaos Project, Luther, and Sam Pentico. So, yeah, 30 years of Jericho. Drink it uh, in,
1: man. <laughs> Let's uh, get, it, get this part over and done with. Luther is horrible. <laughs> let's get that out of the way like Luther it's is the
0: king of dark
1: I wish all of his matches were literally dark um <laughs> oh man come on like the dude looked completely blown up two minutes into this match and he's like falling off aprons stumbling on top of on the top rope like I get it. He's like one of Jericho's best mates. Give Jericho a favour here and let him wrestle one of his besties on an important show for him. But, man, I wish I didn't have to watch that much. <laughs> I wish I could forget about it. But uh, you read the result and it just reminded me again, oh, yeah, Luth is horrible. Serpentico's pretty good, though. <laughs> Do
0: you like Do you like his little streamer entrance? I hate that. (laughs) So when I went to NXT in Melbourne in 2016, it was Velveteen Dream, and this is just after Prince died and he's like sort of starting to really ramp up uh, Velveteen Dream versus the magician Wesley Blake. What? (laughs) Yeah, so this is after Buddy and Wesley had split. (laughs) And Wesley wasn't a cowboy. He was a magician now. He was a magician. <laughs> so he comes out to the ring. He's standing on the turnbuckle and he does the whole, he's got his hands on his chest and he spreads them out wide. And the streamers shoot out.
1: That's exactly what, Um, there was a gimmick from the WWF in the mid nineties called oh. like Phantasmo or something. And yeah, it was and a got, magician. Like,
0: the uh black waistcoat and he's got the white painter it looks like he's got um black around his eyes with tears. Yeah. Yeah, I know who you mean.
1: Yeah, he did the streamer thing as well. And uh, oh man, that's horrible. No wonder <laughs> why that son got forgotten, hey? Uh yes. <laughs>
0: um yeah so yeah, Magician Wesley Blake, pour something out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe right, it, let's, let's talk about some more Dynamite, though.
0: Maybe it was just me, but this was one of the best Big Swole AEW matches.
1: I don't think it was just you. And yes, it might have been one of the best Big Swole AEW matches, but I don't think it had anything to do with Big Swole. Uh, I think Serena Deeb is just ready to have that big old Shovsky that I keep talking about today. That might be my word of the day, Shovsky. Um, <laughs> but Serena Deeb like, had an absolute banger with Thunder Rosa. She's had a couple of bangers on Dark, so I've heard. Um, I haven't actually seen it. I've just heard that she has. And then this was a banger as well. So, um, Serena Deeb, ready for the Shovsky, I say.
0: Yeah, I agree there. Speaking of dark, has anyone's O had to go?
1: Uh, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> I think the O's are still a no-go. Uh okay. It's pretty um, so-so. So let's you know? talk about
0: some of these... <laughs> So, so let's talk about some of these Jericho cameos. Chavo Guerrero Jr. is in Australia. What?
1: Ah, yes. Uh, he's come back to the Aubrey SSNA Club for another match against Psychonic. Like when I saw him a few years ago. Now, do you know, do you actually know why he's in Australia? Because I can tell you. Why
0: only. Uh, thing would be it'd be filming a movie or something on the Gold Coast, but I got no idea.
1: Yeah, there's a new TV series coming out soon. There was recently a casting call put out there, and I actually applied. <laughs> um, they were looking for Polynesian slash mixed race sort of looking people to play a young high chief Peter Maivia. I I applied for it. Uh, There's going to be a new sitcom coming out called Young Rock or something like that.
0: Lucille Brawl was talking about this on a Twitch stream the other night and saying a few of the um, AWL wrestlers have um, got work for that.
1: Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. So um, Chavo Guerrero's sort of gotten a gotten himself a decent little gig outside of wrestling now where he pretty much is the wrestling coordinator for like Hollywood projects and stuff
0: yeah
1: Um, like he he was the coordinator for the Netflix show Glow um yeah so he's done a bit of stuff like that
0: yeah I'm not sure if um any of the Aussie names have gone public so I won't um divulge any names there. Uh before we get to the TNT match, I love the little touch here as they're going off the air. AEW is truly a one man show.
1: <laughs> oh man, that credit. That, yeah. that, that credits. Um the Saturday night live style, like all the heels in the ring like waving at the camera and like and the jazz music is playing and the credits are rolling. Like I loved it. That's
0: supposed to be from.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they were trying to do there. I loved it. I thought it was perfect. Like, oh, such a great ending. Um, The MJF thing, like, I'm still confused as to where it's going, and I think that's fantastic. Like, I'm, I'm still not sure if they're going to be joining up or feuding against each other. Um. I do have an idea. I think uh, Jericho's going to get kicked out of the inner circle and heel MJF takes over the inner circle and feuds with babyface Jericho. Quite possibly. I think that would be an interesting way to go or you could just have them like s- completely split the inner circle down the middle like, say, Sammy and Hager go with Jericho, Santana Ortiz go with MJF. So, uh, the TNT
0: Championship dog collar match, what were your thoughts on the result?
1: Um, before we get in the result, I thought that match was incredible. I loved it. Um, I, re- I really enjoyed the little touch of having Greg the Hammer Valentine there. Uh, despite him showing as much emotion as he possibly can, um, Greg the Hammer Valentine never won to wear his emotions on his sleeve, that's for sure. Jeez, they just cut to him a couple of times. And he just looked angry. <laughs> um, Yeah, I thought that was a great touch. The result, not what I would have expected. Um maybe a little bit too early to put the title back on Cody in my opinion yeah i completely agree i thought it was way too
0: early to go back to Cody now
1: yeah uh like i i feel like we barely even got we got the tires spinning on that Brody Lee title run like man and I feel like we didn't really even get to delve too in-depth into this, like, apparent, darker, like, angrier version of Cody that we got for this one match.
0: Like, yes. So, to me, the Cody win, it felt wrong. I would have liked the story of Mr. Brody Lee always having Cody's number. So one day, far down the line, Cody gets his first win over Brody, and it would feel 10 times as huge. Oh, well, I guess back to Cody's open challenge. Why? Why?
1: And, like, how much of an open challenge is it if, like, you open the challenge, like, immediately after you've won the battle and then immediately the challenge is answered? Your challenge has been open for, like, 10 seconds. It's not much of an open challenge now, is it?
0: (laughs) No, I suppose not. Um, yeah, so dynamite I okay, gave thumb sideways this week. What about yourself, Alex?,
1: oh, I gave it a thumbs up. um, I liked a lot of the cameos um, some of them That's were just completely strange we we haven't even touched on the fact that we got Hiroshi Tanahashi on a e w dynamite go ace <laughs> yeah that um. I know it's not his first language, uh, English, but it sounds like he pronounces his name like hosh Like, he's like, hey guys, it's me, hosh Okay.
0: Maybe that's um, how it's, um, pronounced yeah, in the Japanese it, language. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. It might be like a weird, like, katakana or hiragana way of speaking it in Japanese, um... You know, I know a little bit about the Japanese language. I did have a 200-plus day streak on Duolingo trying to learn Japanese last year. <laughs> you weren't the only one that was planning on going to Japan at some point and then the pandemic. <laughs> oh. Um, um, I wanted to yeah. repair jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to come in just like, grow my beard out a little bit and just say I was Gino Gambino, I could pull it off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Saturday, October the 10th, the WWE SmackDown. Results were first a force Count Anywhere match. Big E defeats Sheamus. Second tag team match, Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle defeat John Morrison and The Miz. Third, a WWE SmackDown Women's Championship match. Sasha Banks defeats Bayley the champion by DQ, but Bayley retains. Fourth, a tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The New Day, Kofi and Xavier Woods defeat Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura the champions, so we have new champions. And the main event of the night, The Fiend defeated Kevin Owens in a singles match. Uh, Do you want to go to forts, or should I read out some of the draft first?
1: Uh, Let's just read out the draft. Okay.
0: WWE draft. Night one. Smackdown.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Shout out, uh, MC Joe Poe.
0: (laughs) So... Pick one for Raw was Drew McIntyre. Pick two for SmackDown was Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman. Pick three for Raw was Oscar. Pick four for SmackDown was Seth Rollins from Raw. And pick five for Raw was the Hurt Business, MVP Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander. Round two, uh, pick six for Raw, AJ Styles from SmackDown. Pick number seven for SmackDown Sasha Banks. Pick number eight for Raw Naomi from SmackDown. Pick number nine for SmackDown Bianca Belair from Raw. Pick number ten for Raw Night Jackson Shayna Baszler. Pick number eleven for Raw Ricochet. Pick number twelve for SmackDown Jey Uso. Pick number thirteen for Raw Mandy Rose. Pick number fourteen for SmackDown Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio from Raw. Pick number 15 for Raw, John Morrison and The Miz from SmackDown. Pick number 16 for Raw, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods from SmackDown. Pick number 17 from SmackDown, Big E. Pick number 18 from Raw, Dana Brooke. Pick number 19 for SmackDown, Otis. Pick number 20 from Raw, Angel Garza. Uh, Supplementary picks on Talking Smack. Pick 21 for Raw, Humberto Carrillo. Pick number 22 for SmackDown, Murphy from Raw. Pick number 23 from Raw, Drew Good. Pick number 24 for SmackDown, Kalisto. And pick number 25 from Raw, Tucker from SmackDown. Yeah, any thoughts there?
1: Okay, so Tucker is now single... He can now do a gimmick idea I've had for him for a long time. He comes out in three-quarter length tights. No shoes. Starts doing, uh, let's just say, a driver for the finish, and he becomes Tucker Michinoku. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> um, so there's So between like Talking Smack and Raw I've noticed you didn't even have These listed but there was um, More changes And all that sort of stuff um, oh, yeah, Greg, I've
0: got a few more listed down At the end here um, after Raw That weren't noted on either show
1: like um like Shorty G got uh staying on SmackDown, Grand Metal League yeah. and then, say going to Raw. Yeah. Oh yeah, you do have that. Don't worry about it. Um Alright, uh the draft. Man. Was this a fun episode of SmackDown or what? I really enjoyed this. I thought yeah. it was a great episode, top to bottom.
0: I like how the little um draftee cards had like little stats eg two-time ic champ mr money in the bank sort of thing
1: i think they that is good i think they should have stats of like like if someone's been drafted like a million times like a randy orton or you know one yeah or like whoever like whoever's been involved in heaps of drafts over the years like They should have little stats of where they've been drafted over the years. Like, oh, Randy Orton's been a top three draft pick every time he's been up on the chopping block and all that sort of stuff, or whatever. I think that'd be cool little stats. I like stats. They're fun.
0: (laughs) Um, Um, Star-making match for Big E to open the show and an amicable breakup of the New Day after six years. Wow.
1: Uh, let, let's, um, oh, quickly, Big E versus Seamus was so good. I loved it. It's just like the, the exact sort of like garbage batch I want on my Saturday mornings. So it was fantastic. It's just like, oh yeah, here I am having a coffee. It's a beautiful Saturday morning. Here's Big E getting hit in the face with some eggs. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, yeah. All right. I could probably go for some pancakes. Spoiler alert, people. I ended up cooking pancakes because of that match. <laughs> Legitimately. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So this split up is a little head scratching. I really wish they had, like, Raw executives or SmackDown executives to explain their draft picks because why on earth would you just draft two of the New Day when you can get all three with one pick?
0: Um, Don't you remember last year they tried doing that with the Fox robot?
1: Oh, yeah. But, like, I wish they had some explanation as to why you would split up the New Day. Like... I wish they could just, like, it's as simple as, like, oh, Raw just said, uh, we want the SmackDown Tag Champions with our next pick. And SmackDown said, we want the New Day with our next pick. Oh, well, the New Day just won the tag title, so they have to go to Raw because Raw had the first pick. And you guys chose the New Day. Well, all that's left is Big E, so you get to have Big E. Like, that's sort of an explanation. Just something. Because, like, otherwise it kind of makes Raw look like idiots.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. Speaking of idiots, is Otis f now because he's lost both Mandy and Tucky?
1: I think, he, I think it might be good for him. It might be. I, I don't know I, I honestly have no idea like uh, man putting the money in the bank on him was such a bad idea
0: they should have pulled the trigger against the fiend and him earlier and have him have like a one or two month reign
1: like they could have done it during Braun Strowman's never ending universal title reign Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, instead of having Braun Strowman defend the title in a handicap match against Miz and Morrison. Yeah, that was uh, only a few months ago, people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I tried to forget about that.
1: I do not blame you.
0: Yeah, other than that, I thought Raw was pretty good. Thumbs up this week.
1: Yeah, uh, we're going to chat about uh, Lars Sullivan.
0: Yeah... Lars is
1: back uh, I love a good monster on my television screen it's really good to have a big imposing force but jeez dude like stay off your phone like, mate stay away from the internet because you're getting yourself in a lot of trouble with this stuff
0: yeah so uh, you can go online see for yourself what's going on there but yeah he's got himself in controversy again oh boy
1: Yeah, he seems like a bit of a creep. Um, Yeah, he just should, he shouldn't DM people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so anyway, thumbs up SmackDown for me. What was it for you, Alex?
1: A big two thumbs up, if that's a thing. Yeah, two thumbs up. (laughs) I loved SmackDown. Um, It was so much fun. Uh, Also, The Fiend's best match, I thought. And um, I really love, as ridiculous as it is, I love Broetry in Motion, the team of Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle. I love the two stoners hanging out together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so from there, we go to Monday, October 12, 2020, for Game Changer Wrestling, presenting Josh Barnett's Bloodsport number 3, part of GCW's The Collective Package. Uh, you've actually seen this, haven't you, Alex?
1: Yeah, I watched this in bed last night. Um, Eliza thought she was watching MMA.
0: Oh, so it worked there. It I worked. Suppose, yeah. <laughs> I suppose after I read off the results, we can uh, maybe get some quick thoughts. So, results were uh, first, Simon Grimm defeated Matt Makowski. Yep. Second, the women's tournament semi final match, Alison Kay defeated Killer Kelly. Third, the second Women's Tournament semifinal match. Lindsay Snow defeated Leah Hersage. Fourth, <laughs> Calvin Tankman defeated Alexander James. Fifth, Tom Lawler defeated Homicide. Sixth, Davey Boy Smith Jr. defeated Josh Alexander. Seventh, the Women's Tournament final match. Lindsay Snow defeated Allison Kay. And in the main event of the night, Match eight: John Moxley defeated Chris Dickinson. Uh yeah, go on, Alex. Your
1: thoughts? I love this. Um, all right. So Tom Lawler versus Homicide might have been my favourite match of this whole thing, for just the ridiculous reason of like, Homicide doesn't know how to MMA. He doesn't know how to defend. So his cop and all these leg kicks and just walking straight through it. And, like, Tom Lawler, like, a legit UFC guy, like, doing all these tricky MMA moves and, like, Homicide sort of just bulldozing his way out of it. And then the ridiculousness of, like, Homicide, like, not knowing any better, just going for the cop killer in this, like, MMA-style environment. Like going for the vertebrae, breaker. like, so it was just like the whole story of like, uh, Homicide's a wrestler, Homicide's like a hardcore wrestler, he doesn't know how to MMA. And that story in this match was just perfect. Like, I just, I loved it so much. And, um, oh, Allison K versus Killer Kelly. Those girls just beat the heck out of each other.
0: Yeah. Did you not realise that Killer Kelly was the girl from Ring Camp with Walter?
1: I had no idea until she came out and did the exact...
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so, of course, Killer Kelly, formerly in NXT UK, formerly in WXW, now over in the States...
1: Yeah, uh, she looked fantastic. I was shocked by the result. Also, shocked w- when I found out, like, I didn't know this was going to be a tournament. I just thought there was two women's matches on the card and that was it. I didn't realize yeah. it was a tournament. Um, I was shocked that they put Alison Kay and Kelly Kelly on one side of the bracket together. I thought that would have been a good final to have. But then when you see like, the Lindsay Snow was going to win the whole thing, it sort of makes sense. Um, Calvin Tankman, man, the way he beat down that boy, that Alexander James, boy, he was copping some stiff ones from Tankman. Man, Tankman's just, like, quickly becoming, like, one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Any quick thoughts there on the main event before we move on?
1: Yeah, Moxley was so good in this environment. I would love to see a lot more of this version of Moxley, like this in-ring style of Moxley, like this strong style, like MMA hybrid style from him. I'd love to see that in AEW a bit more. Ah, um, oh, Chris Dickinson as well. Like, I would love to see, like him in a major promotion against some big names, like. He came across as such a star here. I think GCW sort of made two big stars, maybe even three big stars on this card alone with um, Chris Dickinson, Calvin Tankman, and Lindsay Snow. I think they were all made on this particular night.
0: Um, yeah, I'd have to agree there. Personally, I really enjoyed the... Uh, Alison Kay Killer Kelly match as well as the John Moxley Dickinson, uh, John Moxley Chris Dickinson bouts. The the fact Alison Kay was walking down to Gangster's Paradise at one point I found really strange.
1: Yeah, I think she's been using that on the indies a bit, but it doesn't really suit a gimmick at all.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. It's sort of (laughs) you're putting like B with A and it doesn't. Fit together,
1: or like Tom Lawler coming out to an eighties pop song, dancing the whole time. Like this is a legit MMA badass, and here he is, like coming out and cut off jean shorts, like dancing with sunglasses on. Like I think that kind of makes him even more of a badass. Like you know, you he knows he's that tough that he can act so ridiculous.
0: I suppose the only negative I have is, yeah, turning this on, the commentary at points was echoey, as well as the arena being lit and there being a bunch of people in the uh, aisleway standing where the hard camera was looking most of the time. Like, shouldn't you people all go find your seats? You're all standing around the entranceway here.
1: But that was staff.
0: Was that all staff, like that 15 people just milling by that entranceway where the curtain was?
1: Well, uh, that's where I saw, like, the ring announcer come out of a lot. The referees came out of that area. Um, Yeah, like, cameramen were coming out of that area. So I'm under the impression it was mainly staff.
0: Yeah, but still, come on, mate, space out a little.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I'm not arguing with you on that one. Um, uh, they just shouldn't have had the hard cam facing that way. It was no. really distracting at times.
0: Um, overall, thumbs up show. Really enjoyed it. Can't wait for Bloodsport 4, Shamrock, <laughs> Shamrock Suzuki. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, man. <laughs> Uh right, let's book a dream card right now on the spot. MMA hybrid. I want filthy Tom Lawler versus Steve Blackman.
0: Yeah, we've already said we want Blackman on
1: <laughs> Yeah, sport. I, I want um I want Dan Severin versus John Moxley. <laughs> Dan Severin's done a blood spot before he can still go, yeah, that's true. Um, who would like, I want them to for one blood spot for one blood sport to put like the ultimate like sports entertainer in there. I don't care who it is, but like someone with such a pro wrestling like sports entertainment gimmick
0: they in already Bloodsport. did they put santino morella in there
1: yeah but everyone knew that he's a legit badass though like everyone knew that he's like an mma guy and like has his own mma gym and stuff
0: like well, we've already got simon Grimm, you know his choice opponent for a blood sport
1: yeah that would be so good like enzo would be perfect like that would be absolutely perfect. I wanna see like a serious MMA guy against like a wacky like goofy gimmick in this blood sport environment. Oh man. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. wanna see Orange Cassidy in the blood sport.
0: <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, big thumbs up for you.
1: Big thumbs up. Uh great show. Moxley was just insane. I loved it. He was just so over. It was, it was so nice to see him, like, in this environment, doing this style. I wish he did it. In, I wish he did it everywhere else he went. So from there, we've moved to Tuesday, September
0: 29th, 2020, for Ring of Honor Wrestling number 473. Which includes the pure tournament night five. Did you happen to watch this one, Alex?
1: I sure did.
0: Oh boy. Uh, judges again are Gary Jester, Will Ferrara, and Sumi Sakai. Match one from the red A block, Jay Lethal defeating David Finley via pinfall in 1458. And in the silver B block, it was Jonathan Gresham defeating Matt Seidel via submission in 1327. Next week in round two, we'll also see Yehi versus Williams in the A block and Woods v Black from the B block. Uh, your thoughts there, Alex?
1: Yeah, this is quickly becoming a super predictable tournament in terms of the outcome. Um, just putting that out there straight away. Um, but, man, the in-ring quality is superb. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. Um, next week, who do you see will uh, winning? high or Williams? High. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. And Josh Woods or Black? Woods, I think. Yeah, we're, we're in the same opinion there, so it sort of proves a point.
1: Yeah, uh, and it doesn't matter who wins next week anyway. We got our two finalists this week.
0: Unless you're going to do an upset there, but yeah, it's pretty much 90% that's going to be a lethal Gresham final at this stage.
1: I, I think it was pretty obvious from the get go, to be honest, just looking at the brackets, looking at who's uh, fully signed with ROH and all that. Like, yeah, it would have been nice to see like a side al go further or a, Rocky Romero have a deep run, or a Finley have a deep run, but the glaring standout names on that brackets were the pretty much the few ROH signed talents, and it's just like, yeah, obviously you're gonna do the tag champs in the tournament final. Yeah, and I think I think it's pretty obvious Gresham's gonna get the win too, um, and predictability is not a bad thing, to be honest. No, they're all
0: still really good matches.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, So, yeah, I gave it a big thumbs up this week, but following them signing off the air, there was a little promo video if you stuck around.
1: Yeah, it looks like ROH is going to be in some trouble, 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 trouble. Trouble, (laughs) trouble, trouble. Trouble! um ac3 promo uh we were meant to talk about this last week we both forgot uh it's the second week i've noticed it pop up um yeah I, it sort of caught me off guard the first time i saw it but i think it's really cool um i've since done a little bit of research and found out like just from some websites and stuff that EC3's on a per-appearance deal with Impact, so he's not actually signed with Impact, which is why he's able to go do stuff like this. Oh. That seems a bit weird, but okay. Yeah. Well, he's got a bit of pull, I guess. Being a Carter. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Auntie Dixie looking out for him. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it would be exciting to see what happens there. And there are only being uh, another semi-final night, so they'll be night six next week. Then the two tournament finals on night seven and possibly a whole night for the tournament final itself on night eight. So following night eight, Ring of Honor will be getting back to sort of non-tournament programming and will be interesting to see what happens there yeah not as excited
1: oh it's just tough to get so excited about something so predictable but i i know i'll turn it on and all the matches will be amazing
0: (laughs) very good uh so yeah thumbs up for me this
1: week what about yourself Yeah, big thumbs up as well. I love the video packages in ROH at the moment. So from there, the final thing we're talking about this week, WWE Raw. I don't think you need to read out all the draft picks there. That's just like insane how many.
0: (laughs) Uh, Results were, first, no DQ match. Kevin Owens defeated Aleister Black. Second, triple threat match. AJ Styles defeated Jeff Hardy and Seth Rollins. Third, a tag team match, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose defeated Team Hashtag Boat, Lana and Natalia. Fourth, a singles match, Angel Garza defeated Andrade. Fifth, a tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Championship. The New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, the champions, defeated Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Uh, Six, a singles match ricochet defeated Cedric Alexander, who had the Hurt Business in his corner, MVP Bobby Ashley and Sean Benjamin via DQ. And the main event of the night, a 14-woman battle royal number one contendership to the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Hey, didn't NXT do this two weeks ago? Yeah, let's do it again. (laughs) So it was... Bianca Belair, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Lana, Liv Morkin, Mandy Rose, Natalia, Nia Jax, Nikki Cross, Payton Royce, Ruby Wright, Shana Baszler, and Tamina, with Lana last eliminating Natalia to win the Battle Royal and challenge Oscar at a future date.
1: Uh, it's not for a future date, it's for next week.
0: That's still a future
1: date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, Yeah. I was just blown away that this whole battle royal was just for next week. <laughs> like, I i, think I was I, genuinely, like, half-curious about, like, a few weeks of Alana build, but I guess you're just going to do it next week. She'll get killed by Oscar and somehow end up going through another announce table.
0: The thing I thought was this is why I haven't jotted down my notes, is I thought, oh, they're doing this for Hell in a Cell. And well, I suppose Lana could be an interesting opponent, someone sort of fresh, even though she's been getting killed on TV every week. And it is a battle royal, so that does sort of make sense there in the booking. It's not a traditional one-on-one or two-on-one sort of match. But, yeah, what the heck. Um, Jesus, these draft picks, some of them are just puzzling at best. Um,
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, like they took a massive dump all over the Intercontinental title. Like, they, they didn't... Like, you look at SmackDown, in the very first round on SmackDown, the US title was drafted when they when with the fifth overall pick, Raw picked the Hurt Business. Then you go to Raw. You go to Raw. Four champs in that
0: first pick, sorry. Hey? Four champs in that first round on SmackDown night one.
1: Yeah. And then you go to Raw night one, SmackDown, like, in the first round ties up the rest of the championships, except for the Intercontinental title in the first round, and then doesn't pick the Intercontinental champion until the fourth round. 17th overall for the night. Like, just what a great big dump you've taken on your Intercontinental title. Like, especially when you've, pretty much made it obvious with your first couple of picks of the night that you prioritised titles it's yeah I don't know um I just thought that was a bit silly um some of the other picks were puzzling as well what
0: about pick 11 retribution Mustafa Lee, T-Bar, Mace, Slapjack and Reckoning wait that's only 5 what happened (laughs)
1: Yeah, Mercedes going back to NXT apparently. So, I guess that's fine. Um, don't you mean
0: retaliation?
1: No, no, I don't. It never, it never got said on television, so it never happened. Um, because if you actually look into it, they've still never said like Mia Yim's like retribution name on television yet either. They've never said Reckoning yet, so there's still time, I hope, that they can change that. Um,
0: Pick four, the Street Profits Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, who are the Raw Tag Team Champions to SmackDown, which leads to your favourite guy backstage, former TNA X Division Champion, Adam Pierce. <laughs> Overseeing.
1: When was I, he X-Division champion?
0: I don't know, probably in the early days, I'm pretty sure.
1: I don't think he was ever X-Division champion. Okay. Former. Oh. Oh. He was a former NWA world champion.
0: That's what I'm thinking in TNA.
1: <laughs> I was never in TNA. It was just like that weird years between Billy Corgan and um, TNA that NWA went through. I'm pretty sure he's wrestled in TNA. Oh, he had like one of those, uh oh, what was it? Um He had a tryout match on TNA Impact. It was that gut weird. Check. The gut check. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, and he lost.
0: Oh. Damn you, Taz, you should have voted yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been a Taz saying no, by the way. Yeah. Or it could have been, like, when Ric Flair went into business for himself and said yes when he wasn't meant to.
0: <laughs> Anywho, yeah, Adam Pearce backstage overseeing a tag team championship exchange. These tag team championships mean nothing. Russo, oh. you've done it again.
1: Also, why would the Street Profits agree to that? It was dumb. Um... Like, I'm really annoyed about it because they've just reset their own title reigns, right? Because now they don't have the same belt. So now they're on completely new title reigns. But the Street Profits were having won the longest Raw tag team title run in history at that point. Like, with that incarnation of the belt, that is. The red strap. So, like...
0: Yeah, go yeah.
1: on. So, like, why would they, when they're getting so close to the New Day's record, just give up the belts? Like, it makes no sense.
0: Oh, yeah, because the New Day's broke, Um, was it Demolition's, like, overall company record?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then um, they've been going on the last couple of months on commentary that... The Street Profits are the longest reigning WWE Raw Tag Team Champions because of this version of the belt, I guess, means that they're the longest version of that. Anyway, it's really confusing. But So if the Street Profits are the longest reigning, why wouldn't you have someone beat them for it?
0: They're ninth overall.
1: Yeah, but they're the longest reigning for that belt. That's what commentary has been going on about.
0: Oh, that design. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so like... Anyone newer.
1: Yeah, so like um the... When the New Day had their lengthy run, it was still technically the WWE Tag Team Championship because it was the black and the bronze title. Like the thing yeah. that looks like a nickel. But then they brought in the red strap belts and the titles got renamed to the WWE Raw Tag Team Titles. Yeah. So that's where the thing is where they can say that the Street Profits are the longest reigning Raw Tag Titles are tag champions.
0: Yeah, they're the longest by a long margin. Longest at least since the New Day.
1: Yeah. So, like, why would they give up their streak? Like, why would they just give up their record-setting title rate? Like, you could... They should have just done the thing. Like, like, not... We're just going to keep our current titles and slap some blue leather on it. Like, why do we have to change, change our title runs? Why can't the Raw... Ch- the Raw lineage move over to SmackDown and the SmackDown lineage move over to Raw. I think it kind of made no sense for the Street Profits to be so willing to give up their longest reigning Raw t- title reign. Like-
0: you, know the, you know the stupid thing you hear is that they've devalued two sets of titles in one move and three titles over the past two weeks they had the dumpster match for the 24-7 title.
1: I don't think they devalued that title at all. <laughs> it was already that low. Yeah. I, I, Yeah, I don't think it could have gotten any lower. I'll, although, replace the 24-7 title with the Intercontinental title because, as I said, they took a massive dump on it by taking so long to draft the Intercontinental champion on Monday.
0: Oh. Yeah, our truth was only five picks later. But then, yeah, yeah, this week, they not only devalued the Raw title because they give that one up, New Day give up the SmackDown titles as well. They've yeah, just so, won these. And they were yeah. so excited to win them again.
1: Yeah, and, like, like, I get it, like, they're on Raw now and they're on SmackDown, so they should have the SmackDown titles. But there was no incentive given to them. It was just like, can you guys just swap belts? Okay, cool. Now your reigns are back down to zero days.
0: You want to know the stupid thing? Over the past two shows, so SmackDown Raw, they went from eight championship reigns to (laughs) ten.
1: Yeah. Yeah, from the start of SmackDown to the end of Raw, yeah.
0: Oh man. Um, yeah, so I saw the people not drafted who were later noted, as we've mentioned. Retaliations going back to NXT. Shorty G stays on SmackDown. Literature House Party to Raw. Billy Kay to SmackDown. Eric to Raw. Tamina to SmackDown. Zelina Vega to SmackDown. Andrade undrafted. Mickey James undrafted.
1: Both reportedly injured. Mickey James is injured. So she's. No.
0: Oh. She just sold that while the ref fought. She was injured.
1: No, she's injured now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's been injured since. She got injured like last week or something. Oh. Yeah, so that's a thing. Um, yeah, so they're doing a weird thing where like Mickey James is undrafted, but like Andrade, that's the weird thing. Like out of everyone, why is he undrafted? Who knows? Nice. Like that's a former NXT, like US champ. Like I uh, don't know if he held a tag titles. He might have. Who knows? Um, but like, why is like why is uh, Akira Tozawa getting drafted ahead of Ventrade? why is Arturo Ruas from the Raw Underground getting chosen before Andrade? <laughs> like,
0: <Huh>. Speaking of <laughs> Raw Underground, is that dead now?
1: I guess until this whole, like, everyone in NXT has been in contact with someone who's been in contact, I guess that's going to be shut down for a bit. Because the only mention I can remember of it
0: was when uh, Stephanie at number 25 announces that Dabba is going to Raw as one of her brother's favourites from Raw Underground.
1: Well, they uh, talked about it with the Braun Strowman pick too. Like on commentary they talked about it. Yeah. Because- Braun has been in the underground and stuff. They pretty much shuttle over their own draft pick because they were like, oh yeah, Braun Strowman getting drafted from SmackDown to Raw. But, well, he's been on Raw anyway in the underground.
0: Oh man. Um, (laughs) Do you remember if they said anything like positive about why Stephanie agreed to draft Retribution still to Raw? When she could have just left them undrafted.
1: Well, Stephanie isn't the one drafting, just to be clear. She's the one announcing the drafts. It's the Technically, what they've been saying is it's USA and Fox making the picks, and she's the one announcing, "But no, I don't know why. I think they're going to go with some weird storyline that retribution haven't in at the network.
0: Because that worked so well before. Anyway, how are you feeling on retribution? Because 10 weeks in, I still fast forward and wish this angle gimmick thing would retire.
1: Well, they weren't on raw last this week, so that was fine. Um, they weren't on
0: raw, and they lost a member out of nowhere in the draft. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, to be fair, they shouldn't have called up Mercedes Martinez in the first place. Hot take. Um, uh, I st- think there was still plenty of things for her to do, like what she was where she was. I think okay, was,
0: yeah, I can agree to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- I didn't mean it in a bad way. I meant just like, dude, they just started the Robert Stone thing and they got rid of her. It just seemed really weird. Um, but I was really keen on Retribution advertising like Ali's gonna speak on Raw and explain why he's the leader of Retribution and all that sort of stuff it was all over Twitter, all over Instagram like WWE advertising that I was really keen to hear it because like It's like a really important promo is your first promo as a heel after you've turned. Well, what did you think of that promo? That they'd been advertising for a week.
0: Well, if it happened, I don't even remember it.
1: Exactly. It didn't end up happening. They didn't even do it. They've been advertising Ali speaking for a week and he di- and they didn't even put it on the show. They didn't even do it. It just got cut. So that makes me think that, okay, this isn't a case of Ali moving up to a main event, like heavily featured position. No, this is retribution getting moved into mid-card hell where ali's been instead hooray uh I, i i still thought it had i still thought there was a glimmer of hope for the gimmick but yeah i don't know anymore
0: um overall thumbs down raw thumbs up Ooh, controversial hot take
1: yeah, I, I thought uh, Kevin Owens versus Alistair Black was great. I loved the triple threat match. I loved the, as much as I thought it was rushed, I loved the story of Lana on this episode of Raw. Like Natalia kicking her to the curb, her breaking down into tears and all that, and then she comes out and eliminates Natalia to win that battle royal. Like I thought that was great. Now. I, It also doesn't hurt that I watched Raw Talk after this because I wanted to see what other draft picks were made. But I immediately watched Raw Talk after this, and like Lana, like, cut this amazing promo on Raw Talk about like what a ridiculous year she's had. Like, she's like crying. She's like, Yeah, I had a, I've been divorced twice this year. My secret ex girlfriend revealed herself to the world. I had a best friend who just kicked me to the curb, and now all of a sudden I'm the number one contender. And she cut this like crazy, like, impassioned promo that's worth checking out. Like, yeah, that whole thing just sold me. It sold me. So I really enjoyed Raw because of those particular storylines. Also, Ricochet's the worst, and I don't want him on my TV anymore. Ooh, what would he do? Oh, it's just his promos are so cringy, and then like he's meant to be like this valiant baby face we're meant to cheer for, but like he's just screwing screwing the heels over. Like, oh yeah, if if I beat you, you guys have to stay away from me and he didn't even beat him he like did the eddie guerrero dq spot but with none of the charm and none of the humor to it it just made him look like a coward like he made himself look like the most unlikable babyface on raw like, oh man yeah he's just been completely ruined it's such a shame
0: Um, Anywho, with that being said Upcoming pay-per-views for October Is the 25th for Impact Wrestling Band for Glory Then the 26th for WWE Hell in a Cell Uh, Your TV Champion of the Week,
1: Alex Calvin Tankman Calvin Tankman from The Collective I thought he had one of the most incredible weekends uh, His work on For the Culture His performance in the Spring Break Cluster F. Um, His performance at Bloodsport. I was completely sold on him over the past few days. Um, Quite frankly, a guy I'd never even watched wrestle before. So, yeah, I was completely sold. How about yourself, mate?
0: Yeah, I had to go to the same show. I chose Killer Kelly.
1: That's a very good pick
0: she had a really outstanding uh, match there with uh, Alison Kay.
1: Yeah, I'll have to, I'm actually going to give a couple of honorable mentions to Chris Dickinson and Lindsay Snow as well, who I thought both of those were complete revelations to me on that card. Very good. I'd seen a bit of Chris Dickinson before, but just nothing quite like that performance he had with Moxley. Uh, from there, I suppose just a little
0: brief update on R-Block. New Japan G1 Climax, night nine. Uh, did you happen to watch the Young Line match of the night? Gabriel Kidd from the LA Dojo took on yu gi at the New Japan
1: Dojo. I did not see this one. So there's um, only one other... Uh, C-block quote-unquote match that I've seen and we'll talk about that later on
0: very good um, so sorry so yeah Gabriel Kidd took on Euro Yuromora with Yuromora picking up the win they moved to Yuromora moves to 6 while Gabriel Kidd stays on 5 in the unofficial rankings I gave this one a 3 very good Match number 41 of the tournament. Shingo Takage of Lost in Goblin Nubles de Dehapone took on Yujiro Takahashi of Bullet Club. We've both chosen Shingo, with Shingo getting the win here, moving to four points. Yujiro stays on zero, so yet to have a win in the tournament. Alex moves to 26. I moved to 25. I gave this one three beers.
1: I gave it two and a half. Man, Yujiro is just a tough watch.
0: Uh, I think he's better than some of the other Bullet Club, but we'll get there in the B Block <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, match 42 of the tournament. Jeff Cobb of Taguchi, Japan, took on Jay White of Bullet Club. We'd both chosen Jay White here with Jeff Cobb getting the win. So he moves to four points. Jay White stays on six. Alex and myself both stay the same, 26 and 25. I gave this free beers.
1: I was genuinely pleased and surprised by the result, and pretty much based on that, I gave it 4.25.
0: Yeah, I feel Cobb's one of those guys in the G1 who could do a lot more, but he's sort of just staying in second gear and not really unleashing in any of his matches.
1: Yeah, and they're sort of just booking him just to put people over, basically. Like, they're not giving him, like... They're not giving him enough, you know? Like, like there's people that are losing a lot, but they're sort of being booked to lose in a fashion where, oh, it's they could have match. won. Yeah, but with Cobb, it's like, oh, he never really had it. He never had this match at all.
0: Yeah. Um, match 43, of the tournament, Kazuchika Okada of Chaos took on Minoru Suzuki of Suzuki-gun. Alex chose Okada, I chose Suzuki. With Okada getting the win here, moving to six points in the block standing, Suzuki stays on six. Alex jumps out to 27. I go to 25. I gave this one a 3.50. I
1: gave it a five. I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Maybe it was just me being down that Suzuki couldn't been OK. Over- Uh, Suzuki couldn't beat Okada again and this is like his third high profile G1 match against Okada.
1: Well at least it wasn't in the rain this time yeah (laughs) but I thought sorry? Oh no go on I thought
0: now Okada doesn't have the titles he could finally beat him in the G1
1: yeah that would have been nice it would have been I would have happily have been I would have been happy to have been wrong on that one but yeah um,
0: match 44 of the tournament, Tomohiro Ishii of Chaos took on Taichi of Suzuki Gun. Alex chose Taichi. I chose uh, Tomohiro. With, with Tomohiro getting the win here. He moves to four points in the block standings. Taichi stays on six. Alex stays on 27. I move to 26. I, I gave this
1: 3.50. I gave it five and a half. I thought it was amazing.
0: Yeah, again, Ishii.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're going to say, yeah, it's... Trust me, humans. uh, um, Ishii gets some pretty high scores from me, and I don't think Chris is going to have similar scores to me on the Ishii matches.
0: Were you watching the um, Shibata match against... I'm pretty sure it's against Okada, his new Japan Cup um, claim match for the title.
1: Were you yeah, watching
0: that one live?
1: I did not see that one live. I pretty much um, only saw clips of it afterwards because of what happened.
0: Yeah, it's a real sickening sound when you hear it.
1: Yeah, the the <laughs> thing with Ishii is that his um his headbutts are like technically not safe, but like he's not making thuds like that. <laughs> At least he's not going full ball like Shimada was. Yeah, that's, and Shimada that's true. Too. was doing that, like, every match for years, too. Like, a similar sort of thud, too. Oh,
0: man. Um, yeah, so final match of that block. Uh, final match of a block, not nine. Kota Ibushi took on Will Ospreay from Chaos. Alex chose Osprey. I chose Ibushi. Abushi gets the win here, moving to eight points in the A block. Will stays on six. Alex stays on 27. I move to 27. I gave this a 4.0. I gave it a 4.75. Very good.
1: I've been very meticulous about my my ratings, too. Oh, I've put so much thought into, like, if someone gets, like, a fraction or, like, a 0.25 or a 0.75 and how it compares to previous matches. I've been insane with this.
0: So, night nine, Alex got two out of five. I got three out of five. Moving on to night 10, October 6th, uh, C-block match of the night is Yota Suji of New Japan Dojo took on Yuya Yuromura of New Japan Dojo. Did you happen to watch this one, Alex?
1: I did not, sir.
0: Okay. I thought this was one of the better... New, um, young line matches, probably one of the better ones that you haven't seen. Um, oh, so it, okay. actually, it actually goes to the time limit draw. So both men are locked on seven points in the unofficial standings. I gave this one a 3.50. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I might have to suss that one
0: out. Okay. Match number 46 of the tournament. Hiroki Goto of Chaos took on Toriyano of Chaos. Uh, Alex had chosen Goto, I had chosen Yano, with Goto getting the win here in under a minute. (laughs) He moves to four, Yano stays on four, Alex moves to 28, I stay on 27. I gave this a two, simply because that's how many minutes it went, and I felt unfair giving it anything else.
1: Yeah, I gave it a two and a half, because at this point in the tournament, I'm very welcoming of short matches. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh boy um, yeah, match 47 Sonata of Lossing Goblin de took on Zack Sabre Jr. of Suzuki Gun Alex chose ZSJ I chose Sonata with Sonata getting the win here he moves to 4, Zach stays on 4 Alex stays on 28 I moved to 28 I gave this
1: 3.50 I gave it very similar 3.75 um, after the match <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. did a backstage promo about how he wants to do a best out of 435 series with Sonata. And to be honest, I would love to see it. <laughs> These guys have really good chemistry. I just didn't feel like they were given enough time.
0: So after this match, there was a major announcement. We'll um, talk about that after all the match uh, results. Yep. Match 48, the second half of this night, Juice Robertson of Taguchi Japan took on Evil from Bullet Club. We'd both chosen Evil. And Evil gets a win here, moving to six. Juice stays on six. Alex and myself both moved to 29. I gave this a two.
1: Yeah, I gave it a two as well. I hated it.
0: <laughs> Yoshihashi's still the front runner for best Evil match at this point. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. After 10
0: nights. Oh man. Match 49 of the tournament. Yoshihashi of Chaos took on Tatsuya Naito Ally LIJ. We'd both chosen Naito. I think a result, almost everyone locked in at the start of the tournament with Naito getting the win here. He moves to eight. Yoshihashi stays on two. We both go to 30 points in our block. I gave this a 3.50. And
1: I just gave it a flat three. <laughs> this is a really weird statement. I'm about to say but Naito might have had Yoshihashi's worst match (laughs) like it's just insane but there were points in this match where I was genuinely hooked as well where I was like oh my god are we going to get Yoshihashi versus Naito like at a power struggle or something what is happening but no, it didn't happen So they made me believe for a second, which is always the point.
0: Match number 50. Hiroshi Tanahashi, partly affiliated with Taguchi Japan, took on Kenta of Bullet Club. Alex chose Kenta. I chose Tanahashi with Tanahashi getting the win here, moving to six. Kenta stays on four. Alex stays on 30. I moved to 31. I gave this four.
1: I gave it four and a half. I thought it was easily the best match of the night. But for G1 standards, it was just missing a little sum-sum.
0: Yeah, and this was the first night that somebody also went after Tanahashi's knee, which will play into his next B-block match. Yeah. Uh, so from there, night 11, October 7th, A-block action. Starts off with C-block, match 11. Gabriel Kidd of LA Dojo took on Yotosuji of New Japan Dojo. Did you watch this one, Alex?
1: Uh, no, I'll just give you the heads up now. Night 14, that's when I watched the, the C-Block match. That's Gary. when I tuned in live.
0: <laughs> so Gabriel Kidd of LA Dojo took on Yotosuchi of New Japan Dojo. Um, with Yotsuchi gang the win here, moves to nine in the unofficial standings. Gabriel Kidd on five. I gave this a flat three. Very good. On to A-Block. Match 51 of the tournament, Tomohiro Ishii of Chaos took on Yoshi. Yujiro Takahashi of Bullet Club. We'd both picked Yujiro, but Ishii got the win here, moving to six. Yujiro still stays on zero. We both remain on 30 for Alex, 31 for myself. I gave this a flat three.
1: Yeah, I think we both thought there was no chance Yujiro would go the entire tournament without getting a win, right? He's
0: getting close. He's getting
1: very close.
0: Oh, man. Um, match 52. Kazuchika Okada of Chaos took on Jeff Cobb of Toguchi, Japan. We've both chosen Okada with Okada gang the win here. He moves to eight. Cobb stays on four. Alex moves to 31. I move to 32. I gave this a three as well.
1: Yeah, I gave it a four. I enjoyed it. I forgot to say, I gave um, Ishii versus Yujiro a three. Oh,
0: my apologies. T- <laughs> That's talking right. over the top of you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's all right.
0: Match 53, Will Osprey of Chaos took on Manoa Suzuki of Suzuki Gun. We'd both chosen Will Osprey. He gets the win here, moving to eight, while Suzuki stays on six. Um, Alex moves to 32. I move to 33. I gave this 3.75. Uh, I
1: gave this uh, 4.25. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah, we're it. Very,
0: very close on that one for our rankings. Yeah. Match fifty four. Taichi of Suzuki Gun took on Jay White of Book Club. We had both chosen Jay White here. And Jay White gets a victory, moving to eight in the block standings. To Chi stays on six. Alex moves to thirty-three. I stay on thirty-four. I sorry, I moved to thirty-four. I gave this three point seven five.
1: I gave it four point seven five. I don't know. Tai Chi is really winning me over and Jay White's shtick, this G one has been entertaining for me. I know some people don't like it, but yeah.
0: Match fifty five, main event of this A Block Night. Kota Ibushi of uh, Kota Ibushi, not affiliated with anyone, took on Shingo Takagi. Shingo Takagi of Losing Goblin Ingobernables de Japón. Alex, Alex had chose Kota. I chose Shingo. With Shingo Takagi getting the win. He moves up to six. Kota stays on eight. I gave this four beers.
1: I gave it six.
0: Wow. Is this your first six?
1: Uh, I've given a couple already. Um, I may be a little too generous with the sixes, but I did give a six to Ibushi versus Ishii and Takagi versus Osprey from night five. Oh, yeah. The, and,
0: best of the Super Juniors rematch one.
1: Yeah. And this, this is not the last six I give out either. Oh, boy.
0: So we go to um, night 12, October the 8th. Um, opening C block match. Gabriel Kidd of LA Dojo took on Yuya Uramura of New Japan Dojo. With Gabriel Kidd getting the win here, he moves to seven. Uramura stays on seven in the unofficial rankings. With Yotosuji on 9. I gave this a 3.75. Great. Good work. Match 56 of the tournament. B block action. Hiroki Goto of Chaos took on Yoshihashi of Chaos. Alex chose Yoshihashi. I chose Hiroki Goto. With Hiroki Goto getting the win here. He moves to 6. Yoshihashi stays on 2. Alex stays on 33. I moved to 36. I gave this a 3.25.
1: I gave it 4.25. I I thought this was a really good match. And this is two guys that heading into this tournament, I did not have a single care in the world for.
0: Yeah. It's, I I don't know, maybe upon second viewing, I'd enjoy it more, but I thought it was a really good match for two stable mates. I thought there were just better matches throughout the uh, tournament itself.
1: Yeah, I, I just um, I really dug Yoshihashi's facials in this match. Yeah, he comes, across, he comes across like so innocent at times that you you kind of feel bad for him when he's in pain.
0: Oh yeah, um, yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. So, match fifty-seven of the tournament, Toru Yanu of Chaos took on Zack Saber Jr. of Suzuki Gun. Alex chose Zach. I chose Toriyano. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. gained the win here. Alex moves to 34. I stay on 36. I gave this a 3.0. I gave him
1: 4.5. Oh, I found this to be quite enjoyable. One of the most fun Yano matches of the tournament. And uh, I think Zach Sabre Jr. is the sort of cheeky bugger that works well in a Yano match, I reckon.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. Um, match 38 of the tournament. Sonata of Lossing, Goblin Oblis, Hapone took on Kenta of Bullet Club. Alex chose Sonata. I chose Kenta. Sonata gets the win here, moving to six. Kenta stays on four. Alex moves to 35. I stay on 36. I gave this three beers.
1: I gave it three and a half. So we're pretty similar there.
0: Very good. Uh, match fifty-nine of the tournament. Juice Robinson of Taguchi, Japan took on Tatsuya Naito, Losing Goblin Nobles de Hapone. We'd both chosen Naito who got the win here, being the first man to move to ten points. Juice stays on six. Alex goes to thirty-six. I stay on uh, I moved to thirty-seven. I gave this three point five oh. Yeah, I gave
1: it a three. Um something's not clicking for me with Juice.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. It's, I don't know whether it's just his character change or it's just something not, not really working. Match yeah. 60 of the tournament. Hiroshi Tanahashi, partly affiliated with Good Japan, took on Evil of the book club. we would both chosen Evil. And Evil gets the win here, moving to 8. Hiroshi Tanahashi stays at 6. Uh, Alex is on 37. I'm on 39. I gave this 2.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I gave it two as well. I thought it was trash. (laughs) Yeah. Evil. Not good.
0: Get out of here, Ace. Get out of here, double champ. Bring in Yoshihashi. Best evil match.
1: Exactly. (laughs) How? And I don't even think that's because of, like, Yoshihashi being good. I think that just shows how bad evil has been. (laughs) Yes. He can't even get a good match out of Tanahashi. Like, come on.
0: So next week's wrap, we'll be talking about the final four nights leading into the block final. So that is October the 10th, October the 11th, October the 13th, October the 14th. And then on our R block special, we'll be covering A block final from the 16th, B block final from the 17th, and the G1 final itself from the 18th.
1: Man, it's starting to heat up, man.
0: You want to talk about leaderboard, and then we can talk about the announcement and then sort of sign off for the week?
1: Sounds like a great idea, my man.
0: Okay, R-Block leaderboard following night number 12 of the G1 Climax. This also includes the New Japan Cup USA points. Total points. Alex, you are on 44. Chris is on 44 points.
1: Man, I knew this is going to be tight. <laughs> oh, uh, this is just doing my head in. Because, like, I, I don't know about you, but I'm already, like, premeditating, like, what picks I would make if I won the R block.
0: A little, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I've been trying to figure out, like, ways to get as many, like, big-name superstars with one pick. (laughs) Like, I was going through the tag title history of being like, oh, the Rock and Undertaker were tag champs once. I can get them with one pick, technically. Oh, no, they were tag champs for one day. Maybe I can't. (laughs) Um,
0: I don't really think that's a well-known tag team. (laughs) No.
1: No. But, um, yeah, so I was like... I really just want to I either want you to get really far ahead so I can stop thinking about it, or (laughs) me to get really far ahead so I can really make a decision.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, as we're both tied on total points, we go to the first tiebreaker, which is total, uh, the three-point totals, which is awarded when you pick the tournament uh, victor. At the moment, Alex picked Kenner in the, New Japan Cup final, so you have the three points there. I don't. Uh, Hooray. Tied two points total, and you're behind by three on the one point total.
1: So, uh, so if this was to end right now, I've got this.
0: That's why I was saying if it was going to end on night twelve, you would win.
1: <laughs> That'll do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs>
1: And with my pick, I select three count. Shane Helms, Evan Courageous, and Shannon Moore. Thank you. I won.
0: What? No, you picked the filthy animals.
1: (laughs) I may have changed my mind.
0: (laughs) Anywho, uh, the announcements that were announced on the announcement at the broadcast during the announcements from night 10.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I wasn't quite quite sure if i got that one was there an announcement made
0: <laughs> apparently so <laughs> um so yeah i went back last night and checked this out in english there's not much added to it
1: all oh, right I-, I haven't seen the english version
0: of any nights
1: <laughs> of any nights no no
0: oh man uh, so the announcements were power struggle november the 7th World Tag League returns November 15th along with Best of the Super Juniors November 15th with the dual final for World Tag League and Best of the Super Juniors 27 being held at Nippon Budokon on December the 11th.
1: All right. So this is the bit where we have to have a discussion. Are we picking every single match for the... Tag tournament and the best of the super juniors. Best
0: of the super juniors I want to do. Yeah. Tag league. I don't know. I'd say we could probably skip tag league this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I pick Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, And no, no, I... I don't think they'll be in it, but I do think somehow, some way, there will be a certain Impact Wrestling tag team in that tournament for sure. The North. <laughs> that, they would be amazing in New Japan. They would be so good.
0: Uh, let's see. Impact, Impact. <gasps> you don't mean, after all these years, he's returning to Japan. Rhino and Heath Slater.
1: Hey Slater and New Japan is quite a funny thought. It's it's quite a weird thought, isn't it? Um, but no, <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, a certain couple of good brothers I think might show up. I don't know, maybe not. But they've stated before that they are definitely going to be working with New Japan in the future, so this would be a good time for them to come over. They've been, a, they've been able to get other people over that I didn't think they'll be able to get over, so who knows?
0: Who are the good brothers working in Impact, or you mean people over to Japan?
1: People over to Japan. I, I'm, still not entirely <laughs> sure. I'm still not entirely sure if the good brothers are over in Impact.
0: Ah, oh, man. Um, yeah, so best of the super juniors, yay or nay? Yay. Okay, I agree there. Um,
1: I'm going to be really like, I think that's a good chance for you to really jump far ahead of me because I'm not as well acquainted with the junior division. So, yeah, that could be a good chance.
0: Do you think now that we have the travel bubble with New Zealand, do you think Robbie makes his return for best of the super juniors?
1: God, I hope so. Otherwise, like, who's going to be in that tournament?
0: Al Yeah, like, they're,
1: they're going to need, like, they're going to need to bring in oh, a fair few oh, people. I know who they can it. put in. Who?
0: Katamaru and Doki and Master Wado.
1: Oh man, um, I'm not gonna disrespect Kanemaru, but Doki and Wado, I have no interest for. Um, I do understand that Kanemaru was once like an absolute beast in his prime, I think that time's gone and passed, but yeah, I'm not gonna disrespect Kanemaru. Fair enough.
0: Um, yeah, so then I suppose World Tag League. Yay or nay?
1: I say a big nay on that one, buddy.
0: Nay. I suppose if we're watching, we can sort of discuss anything that stands out, but it'll just be picks for the best of the super juniors at this stage.
1: We can um, pick who we think's going to be the block winners and the winner.
0: I just have like a, a face-off <laughs> sort yeah. of thing for extra points.
1: Yeah. Just okay. to just to fill up the tiebreaker parts of the R block.
0: Ooh. Okay. I'll have a, I'll have a think about and get back to you on that. Um, and that being said, I guess we should move to the end of the show.
1: That we should.
0: Okay. That's that one. Done.
1: Splicy, splicy.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> did you listen back to the music yet?
1: I'm yet to, but I'm pretty close to being able to. Yeah. G1. G fun. G very fun, yeah. Humans out there, take it for what it's worth, because they've said they've promised things like this before and not followed through with it. But Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton been saying on Twitter that they're going to be doing the English commentary live for the A Block and the B Block finals and the G1 finals.
0: Yeah, that'd be good if that happens, October 16th, 17th, and 18th.
1: Yeah, it'd be fantastic. I just have no faith in them actually following through with it because they said they would be doing this whole tournament live.
0: Yeah, at least with English commentary and it's taken, what, um, sometimes up to five days, six days for one day to be uploaded.
1: Yeah, the, they're getting a bit quicker at it now, but still not quick enough.
0: Yeah. Uh, so that being said, we should say what's coming out next time. Yeah. So I, <laughs> pull up your old schedule. So uh, this week we have coming out pretty uh, Ultimate Game Show number seven, which will be... M- Year one, month six of our respective companies.
1: Excited. Very excited. Um, Spoiler alert, 12-match card coming, mid-season finale.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Following that, we have the international fallout down under for this month. It is New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom from... Wrestle Kingdom 4 from 2010.
1: Now, have you watched this yet?
0: I'm most of the way through. I've only got a couple of matches to watch.
1: Uh, I've finished watching it. Um, Were you able to find a full version of the show on New Japan World? Because I was not.
0: No, not that I could see.
1: No, so we're going to be missing the... IWGP tag title match on our Wrestle Kingdom 4 review. I don't know why. New Japan just doesn't have that particular match up.
0: Have you tried looking for it on Impact Plus?
1: I have not. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why it's not on New Japan World. I'm going to search it up as soon as we're done recording. Nah, nothing. Nah, nothing.
0: There's a Shinsuke Nakamura versus skip e- I- e- like Skipper match.
1: That's so <laughs> weird. Oh, man. Someone posted a clip on Twitter over the week of like Hiroshi Tanahashi from 2008, like wrestling the Team 3D. Like, in the impact zone, so weird.
0: what's tanahashi Hiroshi doing in the impact zone,
1: yeah, and like he hits the sling blade, and like Don West doesn't know what to call it. He just goes some form of spitting neck breaker, and then he then he hits the the high fly flow on like Devon and Bubba, or I think it was devon, um and Don West goes, ah, big frog splash from Tanahashi. I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. They just, they have no idea. (laughs) Following that will be the next edition
0: of the Weekly Wrestling Wrap before the following Friday will be our G1 Climax 30 2020 review show. Talking some of our top ring matches each and how we went
1: overall yeah um i've been loving this tournament oh so like it's this whole tournament has made me completely change tunes like people i used to love i hate now like i just find boring now and people i used to find boring and hate I'm now, like, a massive fan of. So, yep, your boy is on the Yoshihashi and Taichi bandwagons now. Your boy is all over it now. And your boy hates Juice Robinson.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And with that being said, I think we'll sign off for the week. So remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Google Podcasts, uh Putting brain
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stitcher Podbean tune in Uh Spotify Burp <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so
0: Sand SoundCloud. Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube coming soon.
1: Yeah, and obviously Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'm at Fruity is Alex. He is at I'm Chris Thunder. I am Chris Thunder, even. And we are at WrestleOzStyle. Any final words, Chris? Go out
0: there and have some G fun.